What's up, everybody? Thank you for tuning in to another episode of A Fighter's Story. You guys came here for Norby because I'm lame, kind of stink sometimes. Something like after training, yeah, after training, I stink a little bit, but it's okay. Um, Norby and I had a lot of fun. We talked about shit, everything from his beginning to where he is now with his ACL surgery. Unfortunately, he trains like two to three times a day and the dude eats like a horse, so our time was pretty limited. We spoke about his family back home and his long unbeaten record coming through the ranks in Bellator or into Bellator. I have talked to a lot of fighters and people who have came into fighting and a lot of people that have just gone through a lot of shit in their life. But this dude, this dude is different. This dude believes he's going to be the champion one day. He doesn't just believe it. He fucking knows it. His confidence is, is, is clear. Let me just be very clear. He knows he's going to be a champion one day. So I'm just going to go ahead and back him. I believe him. I think... I'm going to say he's going to be a champion one day, too, because that's how much he believes in himself, so I got to back that dude. Uh, if you don't believe me, just go check out his YouTube channel. You can watch the guy train, what he's going through. You can see his uh, ACL, how he's kind of like recovering from that, and then also his gym. The dude that he trains with is a, a monster. He's just surrounded by savages. Um you still don't believe that listen to this interview then make your own decision uh, i'm sure you've had enough of me rambling i won't shut up and i just keep going on so i'm going to go ahead and shut up uh let you listen to norbert novetti yeah so it's literally just like that and just kind of start talking um so yeah. norbert novelli just learned how to say your name <laughs> um yeah. Okay. Norbert Novetti. Got it. All right. Yeah. So, so in, in researching you, you, uh, you're living in England. Um, yeah. You're from Hungary. You know, you're kind of making it up the ranks. We're going to see you in bigger promotions coming up pretty soon. Um, none of us kind of like, as we were talking, kind of get into the sport, having, you know, the best background or, you know, everything like that. There's normally a story there. Um, so if you wouldn't mind just kind of, uh, introducing yourself to the listeners and kind of just get started a little bit on kind of how you got into combat to begin with. Yeah. So I, it's like my dad, my dad was a fighter as well. Um, so I kind of grew up in the environment. Um, my dad, he wrestled, then he got into kickboxing, then into MMA when he was in his fifties. Uh, he had his professional fights when he was like 53, 54. So his whole life he was he was fighting as well. Um, then so so I was always going to be involved with fighting. Right. Uh, obviously, my dad never forced it on me. Um, his dad was his coach, and when I was a kid, he was my coach. He never forced it on me. He just wanted me to be healthy and to learn how to uh, defend myself. And where's um, he's fighting in Hungary? Yes, yeah. So no, he's uh, he wrestled in the nineteen eighty Olympics. Oh wow! A, yeah, he won one gold there, and then uh, he went to a few other Olympics, but because of 
because at that time, obviously, the Soviet Union, which uh, Hungary was part of it, and the US had a lot of uh, conflicts, so it was a bit funny around those times. Um, so because of that, because uh, he couldn't get to LA for the uh, Olympics in 1984, I think, uh, he kind of stopped uh, competing in wrestling, and he transferred into kickboxing. There, he won a WECO World and European Championship. Uh, in full contact, so he was always involved with fighting, and then in his 50s, never made blah, blah, blah. But um, when, I, when I was a kid, I was like a year and a half, two years old, and they put me into karate. I was very young, I was like the youngest there. I was just running around doing like, you know, 15, 20 minutes, and then going away, you know, I could like a, a two-year-old wasn't able to pay attention. Yeah, right. <laughs> and, then, and then by the time I was like three, four, I was actually doing the whole session. So uh, it was uh, like I was always involved with fighting. Um, and then when I was six, seven, my parents split up. That was because if we want to go into the, the background, why I'm so messed up in the head. Well, <laughs> <laughs> uh, so, because my dad was a big name in Hungary. It was all over the news. You know, my mom was saying some stuff that wasn't true. You know, when you're school, you come in, you know, people ask you about those questions, blah, blah, blah. Um, and you don't know what to say, so it's, it's, it's a lot to take in. And at the same time, I had loads of, like, basically I had a disease going on my ear that was going towards my brain. So they had to, like, I was, like, uh, in hospitals for months uh, at a time from the age of, like, six till I was, like, nine. So I had five surgeries on my ear. So that was, uh, that was, that was, again, long. And... Um, in that time, after my after my ear was good when I was like ten, uh, my dad opened up his gym, and uh, I started training with him. And to be fair, I didn't think of it as I was going to do it as a profession because I was into basketball and and I wanted to be a, a vet. Like so, I really liked animals, blah blah. Obviously, a ten year old, you you know, it's, it's very. But I still I remember how badly I wanted to be a veterinarian. So, uh, I was and. I just fell in love with the sport when he opened his gym. I started going there every single day, every evening. I was literally there five days a week because he never, he never, he never let me train on Saturdays. But I was, uh, I was there five days a week training from, from like four o'clock until eight, nine, and that's when I, ten, eleventh. So I was, I was doing that, and um, in that time as well, my dad got involved with. Uh, Basically, because he was famous, they got him as a marketing face in a, a company in Hungary. Long story short, the company was doing a massive tax fraud. But because my dad was involved with them, they got him, got his name in there. So basically, they shut down everything, blah, blah, blah. There was no evidence against my dad. Funny enough, that stuff is still going. Uh, <laughs> yeah, and yet it's still going on. They got no evidence against my dad, but they shut down all his... Uh... So when you win the Olympics, you get like regular monthly income, blah, blah, blah. And they shut down his bank accounts, froze everything. And um, so that happened. And um, I was still competing. My dad was taking me to competition, whatever. Obviously, he was doing his thing, his struggle, whatever. Um, and then uh, at the same time, on my mom's side... Uh, my mom was with my now my little brother and sister's dad, who was being her every night. <laughs> so I don't know why I love, but <laughs> so, it was a lot as a kid. Yeah. Like it's, it was a lot, and for me, definitely fighting uh, was my 
a safe haven. Like when I was at the gym and even today still, like the only time I'm not thinking about anything is when I'm fighting because uh, you have to focus on someone punching you in the face. And uh, yeah, I think that kind of toughened me up because when I was 12 year old, I was training with adults. Obviously they weren't high level guys. In Hungary, like the MMA was so new. So everyone's a big, uh, beginner, but still I'm fine. 20 year old, 25 year old guys at 12. So I've got videos of me actually at 12 tapping adult people. So uh, yeah, I was that, that's that's been my whole life. And I remember that was going on. And then um, I just wanted to do the sport. And then in in uh, 2013, I went to a world championship with my dad. Mm-hmm. Um, actually, I competed there against Christian Lee, who's the one FC world champion now in lightweight. Uh, he was two years older than me uh, at the time, and we were in the same weight. Now he fights at lightweight, I fight at middleweight. So, uh, obviously, a little growth path. Uh, but um, that's when I was like, you know what, this is what I want to do. Like, as in, like, I'm going to be a world champion. That's when I decided that I will be an uh, MMA world champion. Um, so, after that, obviously, my mom had her struggles with her partner. Uh, so she kind of had to leave the country just to get away from the guy. The guy was very abusive, blah, blah, blah. Um, so she flew to England. Uh, so I moved in with my grandparents and I moved in with my dad. Well, actually, where we were living, my grandparents moved in with me and my little brother and sister to look after us. How and then they, I was 12, 13, 13. Okay, so you moved from um, Hungary to, to England at 13. Well, no, so no, that was just my mom. She left. Okay. She went like a year before I moved out to England to yeah. set everything. She had to get out of the country. Basically, the guy was a bit of, a, bit of an asshole, you know, being her coming to the house. If you don't do this, don't do that, I'll get rid of, you know, that that kind of stuff. So, uh, and the ever guy, pardon? Oh, sorry. Did any of the, did he ever like go after you at all? Uh, so once he tried to, I called my dad. My dad came over to the house. This guy picked up my baby sister and ran to the other side of the house. He was an absolute, yeah. So, uh, yeah, I grew up with a dude like that too. It was just, it was real all bark and no bite. And like, you know, yeah. the bite only happened with the kids or the women. But if somebody yeah. his size showed up, it was, he was a pussy. <laughs> yeah. A, yeah, that's yeah, what happens. Yeah. So if I see him now, Actually, I'm not even going to say it, but you can yeah. imagine. <laughs> yeah, probably best not to. <laughs> yeah, so, um, but, um, yeah, so my mom had to go out, so I stayed with my grandparents, and I moved in with my dad. Uh, obviously, his stuff was going on at the same time. He, you know, everything got shut down, you know, his name, like, he basically recorded, you know, Die Hard, the movie, with, yeah. uh, so he was in that. So he did movies before he was in a movie with Arnold Schwarzenegger, a uh, lot of Hungarian movies. So he was acting by then. He kind of stopped fighting. He was just coaching and acting. And he he actually got casted for a Die Hard movie. They recorded the whole scene. And then they said that uh, they're not basically, they, they end up not putting the scene in because apparently, I don't know if that's true or if that's what they said to my dad or whatever. Um, but uh, they said they don't want uh, him being involved with the movie too much because of how big the the thing that was going on around him was in Hungary. Uh studios, whatever. So it's like my dad, like it was really hard for him as well, you know, all over the news, blah blah blah. And then at 14, uh I moved out to England with my to my mom. 
Like the the thought behind it was, if I can't find a good gym, then or, or to train anywhere, worst case, I move out for a year or two. I learn the language and I move back to Hungary to train with my dad. And then when I moved here, I uh, looked around all the gyms around me. There was one like 20 minutes, 25 minutes from me. There was one 45 minutes from me and there was one two hours from me. Uh, the two hours one was London Shoot Fighters where I'm training now. Um, they've been the, the pioneers of MMA in the UK. So London Shoot Fighters was the first <laughs> MMA team uh, we headlined every single show you can think of, from Bellator to UFCs to Pride. We have Dream titles now. My page fight for the uh, Bellator World title. Um, you know, we got ADCC European champion. We got World Champion Heavyweight Boxer. Like my coach trained David Hay. My coach took Derek Chisora uh, against Usyk to a split decision, which he arguably won. Um, when he lost against Park- Parker, my coach wasn't actually behind him by then. Um, so, so Mark, you know, London shoes been all over the world and, and I realized I came into the gym and I remember, uh, I, uh, I was 14, I came and I was like, I'm here for the pro session. And they were like, have you had any fights? I was like, I had amateur fights. And they were like, I'll oh, just come do the wrestling class. And I started wrestling. Um, they gave me one of the guys, the Runas, he's in Bellator, he's light heavyweight. Uh, he was a light heavyweight at the time as well. Yeah. I wrestled it here. Obviously, I was a kid. So, but uh, I remember the coaches looked at me everywhere else. The other two gyms I went to, I was like, Oh, we get your fight soon because you're a good level, whatever. I remember Alexis, my head coach, just looked at uh, Paul and Alexis, they're my head coaches. And Paul looks at Alexis, like, Oh, it's 14. Alexis looks, whatever. <laughs> and I, this is the vibe I want. Like, ever all the pros were sparring. There's a vibe at London shoot that a lot of people can't take. I've seen UFC guys come and go because they just can't. A lot of UFC, Bellator, like a lot of top top guys just can't take the, the environment that we've got, and it's brilliant. And um, and it really took me in at 14 years old. Like I, I could, I could feel that it was a room full of killers, and I knew to be a killer, I have to be surrounded by them. No. So it was like I don't mind traveling two hours. I had to take three buses, go like quite go through a quite rough areas at like 10 o'clock at night and stuff like that. Uh, to change the blah, blah blah blah. But I knew if, if I if I stick around here, I'm gonna be a killer. And then uh, I just kept doing that throughout school. After school, just finished school, went home, got changed, didn't even grab any food, nothing. Just ran to the gym, got home, I trained, worked out, then got home at like eleven. Uh, then obviously I had loads of other stuff going on uh, at the time as well with my mom, blah blah, blah uh, which was quite rough. But I just kept working. I was like, you know what? You know, when we did have, even though my dad was an Olympic champion, blah, 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 and a lot of people thought because of that, I would have it easy. Uh, but he couldn't help because everything that he owned, everything was frozen, like all his accounts, everything. So we literally had that, that pretty tough, like, immigrant, like, start when we moved here. And I just remember I was like, I was like 14, 15. I was like, you know what? I'm just going to work my ass off until I make so much money beating people up that they just won't happen. Like, I can just look after my little brother and sister. Um, and then uh, and then 18, I got signed to Bellator uh, after one pro fight. So, uh, so yeah, it's, it's been, you know, it's been a dream. Obviously, I've been going to a rough page the past two years because um, I, haven't, I haven't had a fight in a long time. I just tore my ACL. I actually, yesterday I had my first spa 
since my surgery. So obviously it's been rough. But uh, the fact that I get to do what I love every single day, you know, that's not a lot of people can say that. Yeah. That can wake up, go to the gym. And it's not like, obviously, if my body's tired and sometimes it's like, I don't want to do it. But at the same time, I'm happy to go to the gym because I'm surrounded by people that I love uh, as brothers, as father figures. And I, I love hanging out with them and cracking jokes. And I love the grind. And I know, and, and I get to do that every single day. And because of that, I'm, I know whatever happens in life, I am one of the luckiest men on earth because I get to do that. Yeah. Yeah. That's awesome that you were able to find your gym. Like at my gym, it feels like it's almost like if I miss a couple days, I'm I'm missing the gym itself. You know, there's something special about that. Like our jujitsu coach to like our Lumpini Muay Thai champion, you know, yeah. like it's, a, it's just like, there's something to walking into my gym. That's just, it's kind of like a mental reset, you know, it's like you get to breathe a little bit and then I'm only yeah. there for that. I don't have my phone. So I completely get that. It's, it's something that seems like it's pretty universal throughout everybody that does train. Um, another yeah. thing that I've found that's pretty universal. You brought it up was uh, that like the immigrant mindset or like the, you know, <clears throat> the journey type thing. It does kind of seem like when you've, you've moved from one country to another, you have a certain like drive to you. Yeah. you know? um, do you feel like you still have that now and that was ingrained in you? Or is that something that you had to learn? Because I mean, it, especially over here, you know, it almost seems like you get a bunch of stupid people saying that, you know, immigrants are stealing jobs or whatever, when in reality, they just don't want to do them. Do you feel like yeah. you kind of had to work to get that mentality or is that just kind of ingrained in you? Um, I think it's just, just the struggle with what gives you that mentality that not being able to get this, not being able to get that, uh, where, 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 where I lived and the school I went to, everyone was like English. Everyone was like middle-class. Um, so, you know, no, I, now I've got, I got to meet like a few upper, upper class friends as well through that, you know, but everyone's like middle-class. Yeah. Everyone's, you know, they they're wearing nice shoes, wearing this and that. And when like you you can't afford that, you're like, oh, like I, I want it. And now I don't have that same mentality because now I'm like that. That was when I was 14, 15, 16, right? Now it's a bit different. Now you know my 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 family. My mom's married. To, you know he's got a, a husband. He's English as well. So my little brother and sister they so spoiled because I got them too much stuff. So the, <laughs> now, like, I get messages from my little brother regularly, like, oh, can I get this? Can I get that? And now I'm like, come on. No, no, like, it's done. I'm not giving you anything anymore. Because yeah. uh, always when I first started making a little bit of money, whatever they wanted, I was getting I was getting them. So uh, uh, I don't have this that kind of mentality. Um, but uh, I've, I just, to be honest with you, I just want to be a world champion. I want to be a killer. Yeah. And, and, and I want to... I want to be the best in the world. And I think that's, a lot of people say that. And a lot of people say that they put in the work. But I just know, like, I've got a resume since I was 18. And I know the work I've been putting in. I know the people I've been training with. I mean, since I was 16, 17, I was, I've, I've been training, you know, I've been sparring. One of the main sparring partners, Michael Page, who's going to be the, the world champion uh, next month. Uh, the world, world, world champion. Yep. And, uh, 
and the other guys on my ship, man, you know, who's who's also he's fighting next. Well, like all these guys who are top, top, top guys. And uh, at 20 or 21, I was number nine in the world on the Bellator ranking. So, like, I'm kind of putting it down. Like, you can see that I am on that level. So, I'm not just saying I know I can be a world champion because I, I know I'm among those guys and I'm only 22. So, so all I want now is just to be an absolute killer and uh and to be a world champion and now nothing else matters not the money nothing the money was the money was only important when you don't have it like when you don't have anything do you get yeah. when you need nothing when you got a little not a lot but little you know then 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 you're fine when you you know but when you're 15 16 you don't have money plus if you're not from a very good family then obviously you have even less so um i guess i, I guess that's that's like when the money's, you know, that's when that's when young kids go into gangs and selling drugs and all that when they're 15, 14, 15, 16, because they don't have money. They want to buy nice stuff, blah, blah, blah. Luckily, I had the sport. I, I never went down that route. Um, and that's said you make a little bit of money. I've, to me, I've, I've realized the money is not important. Money will come and go. Obviously, obviously you need money and it's good to have money. But what's important is to do what you love. And uh, again, I get to do it every single day. So that mentality of trying to work hard so I can have loads of money, it's kind of, it's good, there's the extra. Now the mentality is to be a world champion. There's, I've got the same mentality now that I had when I was 12, to be a world champion and nothing else matters. Yeah. That's literally, I remember when I was 12 years old, I was I was saying to my dad every single day that like, I'm going to be a world champion. I'm going to be a world champion. And to this day, every single day, I say to myself, every single day, like, I, have, I have not missed a day since I was 12, uh, awesome. saying that I'm a world champion every single day. And yeah. I'm just working for it or also for it. So, no, that's yeah. awesome. I, I, uh, like, I've been one of those people throughout my life that's like one of the negative people, you know, just like honestly, like, if somebody's brought something up i've always kind of just with my upbringing and everything somewhat steered towards this negativity and well maybe rather negative no what's that skeptical rather than negative no would Sorry. you say would you say you're rather skeptical than negative yes. yeah yeah it's yeah it's more of like a like a not really trusting you know what the other person says so yeah it is more of a skeptical thing um, but in doing that, I've realized that I, I speak very negatively of myself, you know, like, oh, you suck or, you know, you're a piece of shit, like, because like in the past, I've done some like shady, shitty things, you know, and it's taken a lot of time to be able to kind of change the person that I've become or into who I've become. So like to hear somebody else consistently, you know, say I'm going to be a world champion, I deserve to be a world champion. It's refreshing to see like winners try to win. You know, and so I've definitely been, you know, as of recently been trying to back the winner, you know, and like kind of go more towards that positivity and push that positive self-talk because that's a big thing. You know, I mean, Connor, you know, Connor McGregor has that big thing to where it's like, if you see it, you can believe it, that whole thing. And, you yeah. know, but there's, there's definitely some truth to that, to where you're seeing yourself as the world champion and you're clearly on that path you know there's yeah. got to be something to being able to turn around you know after all the hard work you've done since one and a half two years old to being able to turn around and buy your little brother an xbox you know or, or whatever it is that, 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 
was it an, X, an xbox since then <laughs> and we cannot get this kind of like this. yeah um, yeah that's got to yeah. be pretty rewarding though you know what i mean like to come from that like immigrant mindset of like you know having to work for everything and like grind and you're gonna be world champion and now it's laid out for you you know i mean you look around your gym you got all these killers you gotta be thinking that you're next in line that your time's coming up how are you how are you dealing with you know the the success that you have had being able to turn around help your family but also realize that there's a huge mountain that you still have to climb oh yeah like i never looked at it that way you know as my my idea in my head is firstly let me let me go back so what you said about negative talk and and all that my coach always says what your inner work what you say is what your inner warrior hears and i've 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 realized that because i've i've used to have a different mindset until i was like 19 20 and then something switched june actually like off i had a fight in dublin and against will will flurry and uh that fight I went through hell, like as in that was a horrible camp, horrible. So until two weeks before the fight, I could not win one round. Beginners, like people off the street was co- were coming in the gym and taking me down, doing whatever they wanted to me. My bag was infected, uh, rib broken, cut to my, like it was just a horrible camp. And it was a 12-week camp. So it was a long camp as well because we found out about the fight early. Yeah. So that that was that whole thing was. I remember I was crying to my coach. I was like, I was like, well, trying not to cry, but I remember I was tearing up. Um, I remember I was first. I was on the phone with my dad. I was saying to my dad, like, I don't know if I can do it. My dad got mad because he doesn't. Because I think my dad's got a picture of me in his head because he doesn't really see me. I haven't seen him in two years now. Oh, and um, he's like, no, you're just being an idiot. If you don't want it, if you don't enjoy it, then don't do it. I thought you were doing it because you love it. Blah blah blah. She got, she got, he, uh, sorry, he got a bit emotional uh, about how I spoke about myself. Um, like, even now, sometimes I say something, oh, my, let's say if I say my jab is not fast enough, he's like, no, it's fast enough. I'm like, how do you know you haven't even seen my jab? So he's just a bit of a dad, you know, when you know you've got kids, whatever. Um, I remember I was like, I was like just crying because he didn't know I was crying, but I was like, you know, I don't know if I can do it, blah, blah, blah. And then he's like, oh, whatever. So after that, he was like, oh, my God, like, thanks, Dad. <laughs> uh, thanks for your motivational talk. Uh, and I went to my coach. I was like, so I don't know if I can do it. And I remember my coach goes, listen, I'm 100%. My coach said, like, I'm 100% sure you will have a world title. And uh, he's got world champions. And if he says that you're going to have a world title, then, you know, you have to kind of believe it. And he said, I'm 100% sure. And the, I've never heard that. He never said that to me ever since. Uh, well, actually, he said it to me once, but other than that, he doesn't really say. I, I don't hear it. Like the only time I I hear him say that is the people who are really close to it. For example, now Paige, um, and he said, "I was like, so I don't know if I can do this fight because I'm just in, I can't win around." And he's like, "Listen, let's keep working, keep showing up, do do the work, and if it's like that, we'll talk about it. But it should be all right." And then two weeks before the fight, I started picking up. And um, I the performance of my life so far. And that's when my mentality changed. That's when I realized I'm ready. To, like, I remember I was in the changing room and my heart was beating so fast. I had my phone on my chest because I was trying to sleep. And um, my phone was falling off my chest because my heart was racing so much. And I remember I was, I never thought of fighting like this before. 
And that moment, I was like, okay, so what are the worst things that can happen? Well, one, I get, I get knocked out, right? That's very embarrassing. Loads, there was 10,000 people in the arena, millions on TV, blah, blah. But eventually, after two, three more wins, people will kind of forget about it. It's not good. Like, everyone gets knocked out, right? Yeah. That's obviously, that's, that's one of it. And then what's even worse? Well, I can die. Okay, what happens if I die? Well, if I die, I won't really care, will I? So, what what matters then? So, I'm like, I might as well go in ready to die. I remember that, like, uh, something switched in my head and my heart stopped. I literally, all the nervousness after that went. It was a crazy feeling. One of the best feelings I've, I've ever had is, like, accepting to die and you're ready to go into battle, ready like, ready to die. I remember that was that was the moment where my mentality changed. And since then, ask anyone. I'm training so much. I'm even listen. People don't do anything after a tour in Asia. I was I, I was training twice a day. Literally, Oscar. Literally, I'm in the gym every single day, twice a day. And uh, and I, my, my mentality changed. And since then, I want. Since then, I want to be a killer. Like yeah. as in, like to take people's souls. And um, and I think that's that's one of those things that kind of changed my whole mentality. And when my coach says, uh, the warrior within you will listen to you, is when that's when I started saying that I want to be a killer. And since then, I'm just on a, like, I, yeah, I can't explain. I just want to get rid of people constantly. Yeah. As they're not, I'm on the street and I'm just going to chin someone. But <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, no, I, I, yeah, no, I get you. Do you work yeah. with a, uh, like a therapist or a psychologist or anybody? No, wait. Does it look weird? Does it sound weird? <laughs> no, 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 no. I I asked because it seems like a. So I work with uh with fighters in their diet and nutrition for like coming up weight cuts and stuff, um. But then they also have coaches. Um, you know, obviously, like like you have coaches, um. And then some fighters I've noticed have gone out to get um like mindset coaches, yeah. you know, to get to put them like not so much therapy with you need help, but like you know to put you in that that mindset because it does seem like for fighting that mindset is you can't walk into that cage or that ring with any questions, you know, about yeah. your abilities. So I have spoken to people like that, whatever it's my problem is how can someone tell me how to go into a cage when they've never been in a cage? Right. Yeah. How, how can a, a certain conditioning coach what, uh, know what it like, what, what it feels like being in a fight when they've never been in a fight. Yeah, that's one of my mindsets. You know, all, there's all the science behind it. But I feel like sometimes you have to throw the science out. I'm, I'm all science. Like, literally, I've got science books everywhere because I love it, right? Uh, but but uh, sometimes you have to throw it out of the window. And I, I just... I Obviously, there's those things when they're negative, whatever, and it's good to talk to someone, blah, blah, blah. What I like to do is bottle everything, put it in the back of my head. One day... <laughs> I'm not, I'm not <laughs> uh, uh, but uh, no, but obviously there's that side of it. But um, I do think that uh, they they can't really, you know, you see all these people and they try to hypnotize you, blah blah blah. But they're not going to tell you to be a killer. They're not going to tell you to be ready to die to give an arm for it. You know. Yeah. That's. I think you need other people. You need killers around you, and that's when you pick it up. Yeah. And we after. I've seen people get arms broken. Even I had opponents who let me break their arms, who let me break their face. Like Will in Ireland, I I ripped his arm out. Literally, his his biceps, his triceps, uh, his back uh, muscle in his back. I'm not sure which one it was. On an arm bar, 
just everything just went. And he <laughs> oh kept God. first round. Early in the first second round I uh, I think second round I broke his uh um um orbital well, it, the uh, orbital bone. Yeah, yeah. Owen. And when you see that, okay, that guy's a killer. He's a killer. Yeah. That's that's a tough guy when you do that to someone and they just keep going for another round and another round, right? And and then you see your teammates when they bit, when they go broken ribs and they in the gym. Do you get what I mean? And when you learn that, you know, when you learn, and then you got a coach like mine who's a bit crazy, who also had, you know, all, all like he's got, he had the worst injuries like, you can imagine. Do you get what I mean? So he's, if, if you see that, that's I think that's what's going to give you that mentality of being a killer, right? Yeah. I think a psychologist or sports psychologist, whatever is good to get rid of all the other side stuff that you know you can't pay the bills because fighters usually can't pay the bills because it's it doesn't pay well at the beginning at the top, it does, but at the beginning, it doesn't, you know, and all that can be stressful, especially if you have kids and all that. Like, I'm, I've seen that with guys who've got kids. How am I? I haven't had a fight in a year. How am I going to pay my bills? Blah, blah blah. On that side, yeah, maybe it's important, right? But then probably they can't afford it because they need to pay the bill. But um, that on that side, you know, to to the everyday stuff. But when it comes to being in that cage and going in to be a killer, I don't think I don't think uh, a psychologist can tell you and help you with that. Yes. You need those people around you. Do you feel like those people are born? Because it does seem like there's some people that, like, uh, I mean, just to name like a big name, a lot of people like Tai Tuivasa. You know, like you look at him and he he's not technical. He's not very like good in any certain area, but you put him in the cage and he just, you know, a light switches. Do you feel yeah. like that's that mentality, that killer mentality is in you or do you have to kind of um, like culminate that and grow it a little bit? Nature and nurture, but mainly nurture. As I said, I never used to be like, I never, like I remember someone I was, someone I was before when I, when I was like 18. Again, don't forget I was still a kid. You know, I'm, st I'm still a kid, but I was even younger. And someone was like, what would you do if, because uh, that's when Ch I was supposed to fight Charlie Ward uh, in my last fight. And, uh, and when I was 18, that's when Charlie Ward killed someone in a cage. And someone was like, what would you do if you kill someone? I was like, I don't know. I'd probably feel really bad and maybe not fight. I don't know. Now my mentality is totally different. My mentality now is if you want to, you live by the sword, die by the sword. And that had to be beaten into me, you know. So, uh, so uh, like, again, my mentality has changed. I, I grew up a little bit, you know. Um, I think it's, it's a nature-nurture, but I think something sometimes has to, to switch. And the most changes I've seen in people when that thing switched, and it can be different stuff. It can be someone passing away. It can be so. It can be someone beating you up. Someone. It can be a loss. It can be a win. It can be a, a family. Experience. It can be whatever. Do you get what I mean? So I think it's it's one of those things. To me, to have this mindset that I have now, to be in the gym no matter what, I it had to be beaten into me a little bit. Yeah. But sure. I always I always have been a hard worker. Like don't get me wrong. I used to when I was fourteen. Again, I traveled two hours just to get to training and then back home and blah, blah, blah. And uh, so I always had that in me. But that little extra that you need, the little extra craziness, that had to be, you know, given to me. Yeah. yeah. Maybe it wasn't me. You just needed someone crazier to bring it out, you know? Yeah. Something yeah. happened. Have, yeah, you no. a, have you seen a Whiplash, the, the drumming movie? No. It's a brilliant movie. Watch it. But that's where the the... the the composer 
is even crazier than the guy and it brings the best out of him. Yeah. And uh, I think that's that's a very good representation of what might have happened to me, yeah. you know? Yeah, no, that's a cool analogy. Um, it's also pretty cool that you're able to actually notice that switch being flipped and, you know, know that this is your time, you know, like you're, you're on the rise right now. You've got your injury taken care of. Um, and you have that killer mindset, which I've seen it, you know, like I've had uh, like athletes that you can just tell they're not ready, you know, to walk in and it, it doesn't go well for them. You seem like you're definitely ready. What steps are you taking coming up for like a, a coming up fight? What do you have on the on the horizon and your plans to get that belt? Well, obviously, <clears throat> I mean, to get to heal up, like it's my doctor said that it's a nine month nine month recovery time. Uh, he said at six months I can start sparring. I'm four and a half now. I started sparring now, so <laughs> if everything well, I'm back to, but yeah, but you know, it's it, it, it's one of those six months. I guess I boxing. I just said boxing, sparring carefully. You know, I'm not going nuts. Uh, right, well, yeah. I'm a bit nuts, but I'm being smart with it. I'm not putting too much footwork, um, you know, into my like not too much movement in my sparring. Um, but if everything goes well, by the end of the year, I will get a fight. Again, I haven't fought in two years, and I haven't had fought in front of a crowd in three years. So I definitely have ring rust. Like, you know, people, like I spar so much, but there is ring rust there. Um, and the fact that I haven't, you know, I'm, again, I haven't fought in two years. I'm still in the gym every single day. And um, again, sparring three, four times a week. So I'm sometimes even six days a week, you know, it depends on, on if I'm learning something new or, or, or something like that. But uh, for now, my goal is to just heal up with this knee and uh, be back to fighting. And then once once I'm there, once I know where I'm at and I've got a date, that's when I'll decide. But uh, I've got a lot of options at the moment. You know, obviously it sucks that I was in the top 10 on Bellator and, and now I'm out. Um, but I've got a lot of options. You know, I can warm up, fight, or I can jump in or blah, blah, blah. We'll, we'll see. Yeah. Yeah. Are you going to be able to have your father come to one of your fights in the future? Oh, I don't. Uh, he had when I fought in my last, the last fight my parents came to was the fight I had. It was a my first battle fight in Hungary. Uh, but I don't. Then again, since then my mind changed as well. You don't take family to war. I let my oh, dad really? come. To that. Yeah, yeah. I remember I was watching a movie, and what happened was, uh, was um, the king brought his uh, queen or whatever into to battle. And as they went to the battlefield, they left all the women and children back in the camp. And the enemy line came behind them and killed everyone in the, in the camp. And I realized, like, yeah, I don't want that. I don't want someone to change shit to my parents or, or seeing my mom, like, you know, she sent me videos after that. She's crying and, and you know, everything's shaking. And she starts on people. Every, every time I go fight, she starts on people randomly. <laughs> uh, or I see my dad just covered in sweat, you know, I just don't like it. So I realized I, I don't bring fat unless, you know, I, yeah, I just don't want to bring family to, to, to battle unless yeah. they're a bit witty. And, and if it goes that way, you know, when they, you know, when let's say my opponent starts a, a, a fight or, or starts to change shit about them or whatever, and they can chat back, you know, unfortunately my family can't, uh, my parents can't do that. Because, uh, but maybe my little brothers and sisters, when they get older, they'll be witty enough to do it. But until then, uh, I just don't want the extra stress of them seeing me, 
you know, getting hurt, you know. Um, and also, I don't want them to just be that. I don't want my family in battle. Yeah. I will have my team and my, my, my soldiers and my, my captains and officers and everyone with me. But my family, I'd rather keep them home safe. Yeah, no, that's that's pretty sweet being able to hear you like how you describe things is you describe it almost like from my perspective is is you're not a person, you're a soldier, you know, and you're you're oh, yeah. a piece of steel being hardened by your team getting ready to go into battle. Um Yeah, you don't yeah. hear that very often. <laughs> like like you're fucking ready to go, man. Um you need to eat a fight quick. Do you <laughs> Yeah <laughs> Jesus, I say all the time. Like that. I say all the time, like if I wasn't fighting, I'd probably be in the army. I just like the lifestyle. It's yeah. it's a, I like the lifestyle. You're hanging out with your boys, cracking jokes, venturing around, working out hard, and uh, you know, shooting some guns and beating people up. <laughs> yeah, no, I get it. yeah. <laughs> it's, it's a lifestyle. That I, you know, my mom's husband actually he's uh he's cool. He's very understanding because he's in the army. So yeah. uh, so. My so so because of that. So actually, he's uh he's on uh deployment right now as well. Uh, be- before that, I never really I never really knew how the army worked or whatever. And then when they got married, he started telling me and showing me and stuff like that. I was like, this is great. So even even the first month, uh, I was with uh with them uh, up north of England because that's where they live, and he kept taking me to the to the army gym, and I was like, this is great. Like I never thought, like just boys, just everyone's young boy lifting weights, working out in the morning, running, shooting guns. It's a lot of fun, learning skills. So, uh, so if I wasn't fighting, maybe, maybe I would be in the army. But <laughs> like this combat lifestyle, that's so. You see all these kids; they always had super Superman or or a bit older generation. I'm not sure about you, but maybe way into like anime and stuff. Mm-hmm. What was like child, your childhood hero? Who was it? I had. I mean, I was really big into the Hulk. Okay, uh, so yeah, yeah, the Hulk or like the Ninja Turtles. Yeah, I don't know if you guys have those over there, but yeah, those yeah. were yeah, def- but yeah, definitely the Hulk. I just I liked how it was just this normal dude just like blew up, you know, and just yeah. out of nowhere. It was I don't know. Yeah. I, always, I always wanted that. Yeah. So for me, that was then that was that was never the case. I never like I was never into that. For me, it was always Greek mythology, Hercules, my tattoos. All Greek with all Hercules that I'm getting another Hercules that so even today he's like I always wanted to be Hercules and that was my that was my thing yeah and, uh, like that that kind of swords I I used to collect swords I still have so like I used to collect like play swords now I collect like real swords <laughs> like that's always been my mind that kind of warrior soldier stuff and that's that's I don't know that's what I grew up into and. Uh, even even today, I look at myself as a as a warrior. What is it as a soldier? Like you said, I would say I'm, I'm more of a warrior than a, than a soldier. Like whether it's just me by myself or me with in an army behind me, I just I just like that 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 mentality. Being a warrior, you know, ready to give your life. Yeah. There's, um, what type of music do you listen to? This is very off. But uh, I'm just very curious because have you ever heard the band Lamb of God? No. All right, so Lamb of God, it's it's an American band, but it's like a like a metal band type thing. Yeah. Um, but in the beginning of one of their songs, it's called Omerta, 
just hearing you talk, I feel like you got to hear this or like listen to it. So he says, uh, whoever appeals to the law against his fellow man is either a fool or a coward. Whoever cannot take care of himself without that law is both. For a wounded man shall say to his assailant, if I live, I will kill you. If I die, you are forgiven. Such is the rule of honor. And, and that feels like that's kind of like something that you live by. Yeah, so, yeah. Um, I'm going back to music. I'm really into, like, uh, like obviously I'm a young kid, so I'm into like, drill music and that kind of stuff. Yeah. Uh, which is kind of, that's like modern war music, really, I say. Because in the 1960s, it was... Uh, uh, clear water, Creedence survival, and uh, and you know, like, uh, uh, was there, you know, like that that kind of rock music, you know, yeah, yeah, yeah. that was war music. Now it's about like pop smoke, and he's you know carrying guns, blah blah blah, all that bullshit. But uh, it does that does get me like uh, to get get me a mood. So I may listen to Joe and her athletes, <laughs> but uh, uh, no, definitely kind of reminds me of uh, do you know uh, Quarter Wolf? No, uh, he's like um, uh, country music uh, okay. artist, and he's a uh, there's a there's a bit where he goes. Uh, he died for his country. He died for his skin. He died killing man, the most honorable sin. So what you just said, that kind of reminded me of yeah, that. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, but that's that's one of my favorite bits. Also, yeah. like Johnny, like when a man comes around, that, that kind of stuff, that kind of gets me. Yeah, it feels like there's like. Anything that has to do with like literature, with like war or yeah, well, or... yeah. So this is one of my uh, one of my literature books. I don't know if you can see. It's literally war, uh, first what poetry, uh, or like ten mythology uh, mythological books. War, but literally, yeah. so really into anything that's that's in war's combat. Yeah, I love. Yeah, uh, you feel like. So in order to have that combat, uh, that fight, you have to have that aggression. You know, like if you're grappling, you can go 100%. If you're striking, you know, like you want to like dial it down to like 70% or anything like that. Um, do you ever feel like you get a chance aside from fighting to kind of let that go? Or are you walking around in your day-to-day -day life with like you're, you need to get that thing just get the fuck out of my face and smash yeah. some shit? You, you know what I mean? Like, do you have like... Do you carry that with you until the fight, or are you able to kind of get that out in training? No, most of the time, no. It's a, it's a funny one because because most most people. So my my uh, my one of my friends, Paris, used to call me lovely Norbert. Because uh, <laughs> for most most people, I'm 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 nice or whatever. But there is sometimes like not sometimes like I say. 40% of the time, let's say I'm in the shop and I see some video or, or like commercial gym walking around like this. I just yeah. want to just tap. Get rid of <laughs> but obviously I'm not going to do that. You know, I don't get in fights on the street, whatever it's silly. To be fair, it just, it would be silly. You know, if I get in a yeah. fight, get nicked, um, I get, I get my visa taken away. I can't get a visa. I can't fight in the state, blah, blah. I'm just not stupid enough to do that stuff. Yeah. Uh, luckily, luckily I've got, um, quite clear headed, uh, when it comes to that stuff, so I don't get in, involved. But yeah, no, definitely, I want to get rid of a lot of people. <laughs> so yeah, I definitely, some, sometimes, sometimes, most of the time, I want to see the word burn. <laughs> yeah, for sure. But yeah. you know, it's, uh, you know, it's Nick just said it so well. Um, it's like, you know, you go back to um, how do you say? It? It's like, 
you've got a nice house, a nice wife. You're, yeah, you go back to your nice house and your nice wife and your nice kids. I don't have none of that. So I'm going to try to take all of that away from you or something like that. So yeah. I definitely, definitely have that feeling. It's like, like, like even now, like I live by myself, you know, it's good. Like, you know, I speak to my family here and there. Like what well, I speak to both my parents once or twice a day, but literally for a minute or so, whatever, it's always me and, and, and the gym and that's it. So maybe when I live with my parents, definitely that's, that's, that's another thing. When I was living with my family, I was even more dialed down because obviously I was with my little brother, little sister, you know, since I've been living by myself, I'm a bit more, I've only been, uh, I only just moved out like just over a year ago. Um, so I always had this mentality, but just the past year or so since I'm, I'm by myself, that's when I'm like, it dialed up even more. Mm-hmm. Um, so definitely when you've got family, whatever, everyone, I've seen a lot of people when they have families, they calm down. <laughs> I know a lot of, I, I actually don't know if that's true, but I've been told that there are people around me used to be like, even like, crazier and then see they go that family whatever they dial down a little yeah. little so you're kind so, of like uh, living in that aggression a little bit like keep no not really yeah because again i'm always classical music i'll go i'm reading all the time you know i do like my rom-com sometimes you know <laughs> i do what <laughs> like i like that stuff so but uh I listen I'm, I'm in the nature orders i'm walking like I'm, I'm out for walks at least once a week you know i like i like i'm i'm, I'm 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 a calm. Actually, I would say I'm a calm guy, but I keep myself calm quite nicely most of the time because I just I'm not antisocial. You know, you see yeah. these people who just think they're the shit, just antisocial, start a fight outside, blah 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 blah. And I'm just you know like I don't know I don't know about America, but in the UK you go to a pub and almost every weekend there's a fight. <laughs> so so you see that like I'm not yeah. I'm, I'm 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 not like that, but definitely. Definitely, I think there's a little craziness to me. I think every everyone who fights has a crazy craziness. I'm I'm just quite, very clear-minded, so I always try to calm the situation down because I know if I get involved, I can get absolutely, you know, like I can get in a lot of trouble. Mm-hmm. So I, I try to not get into fights and try to not get any arguments, whatever. But there's definitely uh, anger inside me. That's why I've like been in the gym because I know there even if it comes out i can just get on some gloves and, and go do you get what i mean yeah, so, yeah, even, for sure. so, so i teach at the gym and uh so sometimes someone rude comes into the class i was like yeah do you want to you don't believe like let's say i tell them to do something and they just don't want to do that and i was like listen trust me i know what i'm talking about and if they talk back i'm like all right let's blow up and then everyone calms down after do you get what i mean <laughs> on the street i'm going to do that because if someone comes up like are they going to call the police or or if you get in a fight and you hit someone and they hit their head on the curb you know i've heard i've i've heard and people told me and i've seen stuff when someone got hit someone hit their head nothing happened but something bad could have happened you get what i mean yeah and luckily my dad because my dad has been involved in those situations so since i was a kid he kind of always put in me like walk away walk away you don't need even if you're angry even if you want to you know get rid of them walk away you're better off walking away and um until i didn't understand so for, for until i was like what 17 18 i didn't really understand why he would say that and and by the time i understood why he was saying it i kind of i i, can't, I could tell myself not to do it before that i needed people to tell me because you know when you're a kid you know you kind of need that someone putting it on you all the time otherwise you're going to do some stupid shit yeah. especially if you're as stupid as me you know, sometimes I'm like, oh, this is hot. 
ow, that was hot. And I'll go again. You know, so sometimes you do that, to, you know, you know if, if, uh, if you're a bit of an idiot. Uh, but um, uh, by the time I was old enough, I understood why I shouldn't be getting involved with loads of, like, with these things. So I actually had to, I got, basically there was an argument with my friends and I was like, guys, relax, relax, and please, say whatever, chill, and walk away. And even to this day, I'm still getting uh, shit for it. Uh, because uh, everyone, everyone's saying that I, was just, I just push it out. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I was just like, no, I just, I just yeah. please get in trouble. But yeah. uh, but there's exactly that kind of mentality of I want to get rid of people, but I think I'm, I'm I'm smart enough not to not to to go there. Do you get what yeah. I mean? Yeah, yeah, for sure. That's why I stay away from bars when there's fights on. Um, yeah. Like, like I, over I, here, like uh, it's sad because I was reading something about like. Um, like combat viewership is only like 20, 25% in America. The rest of it is worldwide. And so the States don't really consume that much fighting. Like over here, um, like to watch, uh, like one championship that's normally on at like Friday at 10 o'clock. Cause they're in Singapore or whatever, you know? And so like to watch it, it's not a Saturday night thing. So over here, we like, we only really get fed, I guess, you know, like UFC content. Um, everything else is out there, but for most of the casuals, they don't even really know, you know, about Bellator or anything like that. So when you have a UFC fight on in a bar, you get every jackass and their mother saying, punch him, do this, or, you know, what, like just dumb shit. And then you inherently are going to get the guy that thinks that he knows what he's talking about. He has a couple drinks in him, and then there's always a fight. And I'm not trying to be in a bar where there's some jackass who's never thrown a punch before thinks he can take out the entire crowd of people. So, I, no, I, no. yeah, so I just try to stay away from those situations. It's, yeah, it's, yeah, it's something that I've had to do with age. Cause I mean, when I was 21, if you told me that there was a fight at the bar, it's probably cause I was in it or I was on my way to go have fun being in it, you know? Yeah. I've got this friend, just sorry to cut, cut yeah. through, but one of my friends, uh, He's, he, you know, again, that's where, that's where it comes. Uh, you know, when people say like, oh, this person is a rich white guy. So, mm-hmm. so he's, he has it easy, right? You got that, whatever, a lot of people say that, you know, if you're poor, you have it hard. If you're a rich white kid, white man, you'll be, you'll, you have nothing. And, you know, everyone's got their battles. And that's, this is one thing I realized when I was like 19. Um, Cause I had my friends, he went to private schools, you know, he, you know, um, anyway, he went to private school. Um, his good family, blah blah blah. But he he had his mental mental battles. I remember um, we were we were at the bar, we were at a pub, and we we're walking past. And I was like, "Listen, man, just don't get involved." And this idiot had to get involved with the biggest guys in the in the whole. He was so drunk as well. And um, I remember there was like ten of them. There was two of us. And I remember like 10, like the, the fight was already going on and my friend just got involved. And um, and I, the whole situation embarrassed me because basically what happened, my friend got involved in the massive fights of 10 guys. And for some reason, he managed to get everyone against him. So these people are fighting and now everyone suddenly turns to him. So they start like, they drop him. So I pick him up pick him up, push two guys. Then luckily the bouncers came. They were like, go. And I had to pick my friend up because he didn't know where the hell he was. I remember I was like, I had to walk away from there and made me look like a bit of an idiot 
just because I had to look after you. I remember I told him, listen, man, if you keep doing this, what you're doing, I'm not going to, I'm not even going to speak to you anymore. Mm. And uh, I didn't speak to him for a whole year. And a year later, we, we started hanging out again. He's one of my best friends. Um, and and that's what, like, I've seen it in people, you know. And as you grow up, you learn how to control it. Like another friend of mine, again, he went to private school as well. He was, I remember, we used to go out every weekend in an argument. I remember me and my, there were four of us in this friend group and th- uh, two of us, me and another guy, every time we're like, oh my God, we have to go out with him tonight. And we're like 18, you know, like you want to be out every weekend because you're 18, you just turned 18 in the UK, you're legal to drink, mm-hmm. you know, you're legal to go out. And these guys in a fight every weekend. And like we're getting thrown out from this, from that, you know, I don't want to get involved in because I'm already signed to Bellator. So I don't want to lose my, my US visa. And again, he grew up, He's only trying. It's been four years, but like he's so good to go out with. He doesn't get drunk. He doesn't, you know, he doesn't do any of that. And I think that's uh, that's uh, one of those things that kind of comes with age, unless you're an absolute idiot. So, so when you when you look at people, I'm not. I don't judge how you carry yourself as a as you are, or I don't judge you because how you carried yourself as a kid, because you're a kid. You had loads of stuff going on. You get what I mean? Yeah. And you're really. Of people don't understand, like, I don't know what you had in your life. You probably had something else that was annoying you, and that's why you had to get out somehow. Do you get what I mean? So, you can't judge, like, you know, when, when someone does something stupid, you know, unless they're a pedo, you can't really judge them by what they've done because, yeah. because you know, good work is someone going to fight. You know, I've, I know I've, I've got friends who went to the, who are going to the best universities. I have friends who had to go to prison for selling drugs. And because he did something stupid, he didn't have money yet to sell drugs. You get what I mean? Yeah. So uh, when you when you understand that that okay, that guy made a mistake. You can't judge someone by what they done uh, five years ago, or you know, because everyone's going through stuff, and and everyone uh, everyone deals with that stuff differently. Yeah. So like, like you said, like oh, because you either were in the fight or you're on your way. You might have had something in your life. So like, I wouldn't judge you by that. Yeah. Did yeah. you get one? Yeah, yeah, for sure. Yeah, and then yeah, I I got to get you out of here because I know you're you're a busy dude. Um, but I wanted to juxtapose that to uh, kind of like you get the that rich white person thing that you're saying. You know, the rich old white guy. Um, I've I've noticed a lot of people will see like a Ferrari or you know a nice exotic car driving by or a big house and like, oh, that must be nice. But they have no idea who's driving that car or the work that it took in to get yeah. that car. You know, that car might be driven by somebody who came up like you know you or i or you know like a really bad beginning and they've worked their entire life for that car you know yeah. um so there's there's definitely always two sides to everything yeah so quickly quickly no just yeah. uh even that like as i said like i've got uh friends who are from good families and i know they work their ass off still so even yeah. even always get the extra help from the parents that little extra few thousand few hundred thousand or whatever uh but the work they put in you know one of my friends he's constantly sending me that he's working he's in front of his computer doing his stuff and and study oh sorry doing loads of oh yeah sorry you're yeah. fine yeah doing like 20 different stuff and constantly working doing his he's uh he's finishing his university last year plus he's he's um he's doing his crazy investments plus he's trying to set up a comfort but there's a lot of work behind it. Obviously, he gets a little extra push. 
But you know, usually when someone I've got, and I'll have friends who who are from good families, but they just work a basic job, whatever. They're lazy, blah blah blah. And I think a lot of people uh, like to, and I've seen it firsthand when people just see a nice kind nice house, like they must be, you know, doing some dodgy. or might be doing their so they they got given to. Even if it's given to you, you know, you have to work for it to keep it and to make it even better. Yeah. So I think I think you can't say that kind of stuff. You have to appreciate every if there's something nice going on with everything that you want, you have to appreciate and you have to try to learn from them and have to understand how they did that. I think rather than uh, being that hater, they're like, oh, because his parents are rich or whatever. Yeah, yeah I you think know? that applies to you as well in a in a weird way that if with your dad being as you know famous yeah. as he is, if you would have gotten that push earlier in your career from your dad, you may not appreciate it, or you may not have had that switch that flipped that you know turned you into that killer. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah, it's definitely there. It's something. I mean, that's that's always been said. Like again, last thing. Yeah, <laughs> uh, good. Like when I was when I was signed to Bellator, and before that as well, like the amount of comments and stuff like that I was seeing online, like oh, because of his dad, because of this. I didn't really had nothing to do with it, to be fair. Do you get what I mean? So yeah, yeah, yeah. it's like, obviously I had, because that by that time I was coming up a little bit in the UK scene, whatever, and in Hungary as well, just because I was coming up in the UK, they they kind of knew about me. And my, obviously I had that, I'm not going to lie, I, I was lucky my dad was a big name in Hungary, so they wanted me on the show to maybe sell more tickets or it looks good, blah, blah, blah. But uh, other than that, you know, when people are at another big Hungarian fighter, there are only two of us. Uh, so if you want to find out, you can figure out. Uh, when I was 17, I was an amateur. He was saying stuff like, um, uh, oh, it's because his dad's paying for everything, blah, blah, And my dad had nothing. You know, my dad wasn't paying anything. And the only reason why I heard it back from, uh, uh, heard what he said, because he told it to his neighbor in a small village where my tattoo guy is from. So that guy told my tattoo guy, and my tattoo guy told me. Uh, so <laughs> Old school internet, man. <laughs> and the tattoo guys in England, that's the worst part. <laughs> yeah. so, uh, but, you know, it's like I, I've been getting that for a long time. I think that's maybe one reason why I learned it, that what you see, and also because I've seen it from through, through a lot of people around me, that because just because something's good or you grew up in a good family, that doesn't mean that you didn't work hard to make it even better or just to yeah. keep it. Yeah, no, exactly. That well for keep whatever you have, that's hard work. You know, if yeah. it's something's great and to keep it great, that's hard work as well. Yeah, I've also met a lot of people that it looks like they have a lot, but they're broke as shit and they're in a bunch of stress trying to keep up this yeah. image of what they have when they don't own any of it. They're it's just an image, you know. So, so you never really can tell. I think that's uh, one of my uh my my mate who's again from a good family he told me because uh i was gonna buy something he was like don't buy that car you're just gonna waste your money he's like buy a lesser car and then you got and at the time i thought i was gonna fight and then luckily i luckily i listened to him because i was gonna get an expensive car and he was like just buy a half the price car which is still nice blah 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 and if anything happens and you know that mentality as well you have to have that you know have you read the book rich that poor dad uh, I'm actually reading it right now. Yeah. I just started so, it a couple of days ago. That was one of the first things when I experienced the difference, uh, what he was saying. Like, because I already read the book after that. And that was the first time I experienced that, like, the mentality of 
everyone around me is like, yeah, you should get a mark or you should get this, yeah, who who are not from good families yeah, or, or from rich background. They were like, get this car, get that car. It's going to be great. And then people who are from good families and, and have money, they're like, nah, just buy a lesser car and save the rest of the money because you never know what's going to happen. And when you can afford that car twice, the new, the, the nicer one, buy that. Yeah. So, and when you hear that, that's like, Again, big difference, the mentality. But again, this is a story for another day. No, no, it's, yeah, it's, I actually like talked about this stuff. I, I can't, I grew up very poor. So for yeah. me, I have that mentality of like, if I just look like I'm not poor, then maybe I won't feel like it, you know? It was kind of a thing growing up. So it's, yeah, it's, it's a give and take thing. It's not something that, you know, goes away. You know, it, I feel like a lot of things that happened to us as a child, affect us in our adulthood that we're not we're not cognizant of you know and then yeah. later on down the road you're like oh and then something will click you know and then it just makes yeah. sense of 20 years beforehand or whatever but yeah i don't know man um i know i promised you about an hour and it's been about that so i got to get you out of here um but can you let my listeners know where they can like reach you yeah. on social media if you got fights coming up i know you're hoping by the end of the year um, do you have yeah. a certain card you're looking at? Is Bellator like kind of like announcing anything? Yeah. Again, again, I don't know about fights. I'm not sure yet because yeah. again, I'm first, I have to heal properly and not re-injure my knee and get and get in shape at the same time. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, but to, to be in the same touch, first I've got a YouTube channel uh, that follows my whole recovery. Uh, we got professionally made everything. Uh, uh, videographers, that is actually pretty sick. Uh, but that's uh, again. At Magic Tour, we saw all my handles on Instagram, Twitter, Facebook, and YouTube are Magic Norby, N-O-R-B-I. So, yeah. All right. Sounds good, man. Yeah, I'm definitely going to have to go back and finish watching some of those YouTube videos. And and uh, hopefully you can get a fight coming up here this year and watch you beat the shit out of somebody. So Thanks. Yep. All right, man. It's been a pleasure talking to you. And uh, seriously, thanks for being on. Uh, thank you for having me. All right. Thank you. Cheers. I want to give a quick shout out to all the listeners out there who listen to this podcast. First of all, thank you. You are the reason why I do this. I love this. And uh, thank you for listening through the entire episode and uh, making it to the end. So I want to give a quick kind of little recap. Um, Norbert Novetti. I think I got it down now. Uh, Dude, the dude comes from a huge fighting influence, obviously, with his dad being an Olympic wrestling gold medalist uh multi-medalist i believe and uh that from my understanding everything's still going on with his dad which is fucking crazy i I just can't believe that that shit still happens but he obviously got that wrestling mindset from his father uh took it from his childhood into his fighting career clearly um you can just watch this dude fight he signed into bellator for his first pro fight now he has a 5-0 record He's going to be the champ one day. There's there's no questioning that. So I'm stoked to follow his career. Going to see where it goes as soon as he gets past this uh, ACL surgery. So hopefully we can get him on the road. Uh, get him going, I believe. He's going to be out here sometime this year. So hopefully everybody can look forward to that. And I want to give a shout out to the show sponsors. The Fight Nutritionist. Apex Massage and OBKE Clothing. Uh, if you have a fight coming up or if you just want to lose a couple pounds, uh, hit up the fight nutritionist. Great at everything he does. 
and uh, also Apex Massage. Hit those both those guys up on Instagram uh, if you have any questions, need some tips, or want to get some massage work done, or you have a flight coming up. And then OBKE Clothing, uh, Nakmoy, great stuff. Saw them at a couple flights, and uh, it's a great up-and-coming clothing brand, so let's go ahead and give a shout-out to them. You can find all of them on Instagram. And uh, that's going to be it for today. So thank you again, guys, for, uh, for listening in. And until next time, see ya.